Hey everybody, it's Charles Barkley. Want to welcome you all to Cinema Chopstick, hosted by Portland's very own Clyde Glide Drexler. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chuck. But this is not a TNT podcast. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 23 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Trav and Basketball, uh-huh. a.k.a. the fish that traved Pittsburgh, uh-huh. a.k.a. the Portland Trav Blazer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm joined here in the shop by my co-captain and co-producer... Sean Kemp, <laughs> a.k.a. Shot Clock Sean, a.k.a. The Winning Sea Sean. And in our third seat, Chop Shop referee, Carcello Anthony, <laughs> a.k.a. Chelcourt Press, okay, a.k.a. Celtic Pride. Also, welcoming back into the game... Kareem Abdul Jabbar, <laughs> aka Jump Shot Joey, aka the Phi Slamma Joey. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Further description of the show the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new rules for the game. We're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Out of bounds! This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we hit threes. All right, that's going to bring us into movie news for this week. And we're going to have to start it off with the lead story. A couple years ago, what did we do, Sean? Oh, we went to see... Um, our peers, our podcast. peers podcast, my favorite murder in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh huh. And we had pretty good seats. We had great seats and we got lucky. Your wife is a theater person and she designed and constructed her own costume that was half and half Georgia and Karen. Yes. And my lovely wife, Michelle made a hometown murder story and made a t-shirt about it that said, I had bloody, bloody Mary's with a murderer. Something else amazing happened. Well, they all—they both got called up on stage. Yes, Ali gets called up on stage, and they—they uh, they show off her outfit. And then at the end of the show, they call for a hometown murder. Michelle was prepared for this, and she gets picked. And she goes up on stage, and she tells her story. And at the very end, she throws in a plug for Cinema Chop Shop. You guys, now. Uh, my Favorite Murder is a pretty highly rated podcast. They've got a lot of listeners. So to any of you new listeners to this show, welcome, Murderinos. We're glad to have you and tell all your friends about us. Please. All right. With that, we do have to move it into some RIPs. Uh, rest in peace and rest in power to, we've got four of them today. The first three all died on the same day, April 11th. So rest in peace and rest in power to legendary horror poster artist Enzo Schiotti, who died at the age of 76. 
Before he passed away, Sciotti estimated that he had drawn posters for over 3,000 films. Yeah, he did some really iconic 80s horror posters. Rest in peace and rest in power. Also, RIP horror special effects legend Giannetto De Rossi, who died at the age of 79. He was one of the masters of the grotesque with his brilliantly horrifying horror makeup. Uh, He passed away at the age of 79. Also from Comic Book Review. Next, rest in peace and rest in power to Joseph Seravo. He worked as an actor on The Sopranos, Carlito's Way, and Jersey Boys. He died of cancer, unfortunately, at the age of 64. Rest in peace and rest in power. And Chelsea, you've got one more RIP for us? Yeah, I caught this on Twitter. Um, Late-breaking RIP. uh, Helen McCrory. Okay. She died literally like a couple hours ago. As of this recording. And yeah. how how do we know her? So she's been in a ton of movies. She was in the Harry Potter movie. She played okay. Malfoy's mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, she was in The Queen, Loving Vincent, tons of stuff. And she's also married to Damian Lewis. And I saw it on okay. his Twitter. Gotcha. He comes up on this show fairly, yeah. fairly frequently. She was 52. All right. So once again, rest in peace and rest in power to the four of them. This is, this is a little bit on a lighter side. Tyler Perry is developing a Medea Origins TV series. After our deep Tyler Perry dive in our recent uh, recent episode, Tyler Perry's Tyler Perry movies, um, I think we should all just be chomping at the bit for this TV show. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what it was like for young Medea. Uh, next, Paramount Pictures is announcing a new Star Trek film coming in June of 2023. Joey. I don't have much to say about this. I will next time I'm here. Uh-huh. I just found out about this recently. Maybe it was, I might have even been today. Okay. Um, I don't know a whole lot uh, about it, so I'm going to hold off on commenting on it right now. Uh, next, John Chu, Adam McKay, Barry Jenkins, and more decry the closure of the Arclight Cinema and the Cinerama Dome in Los Angeles. Those are both uh, owned by Pacific Theaters. And on April 12th, 2021, Pacific Theaters announced that the Arclight would be permanently closing, citing a lack of of a viable path forward uh, after the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, there's one more more story, Sean. I'm going to throw this over to you because you're the one who told me about this, and hopefully you can read my chicken scratch. Absolutely. Via AV Club, Mark Hamill is going to star in a movie based on the famous story from comedian slash party animal, Burt Kersher. Kurt Kreischer, 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 the machine. This is the guy that Van Wilder's based Van on. Van Wilder is based mm-hmm. on his college career. And yep. I do mean career. Now he's going to be in the movie with Burt Kreischer. Okay. That's cool. what I gathered from the, for the, from the story. Yeah. I was, I was thinking there's no way he would be playing Burt Kreischer. No, no. I, <laughs> that I'm would curious. Be weird. I'm curious what Hamill's going to play. Yeah. The Dean. Maybe. The mean old Dean. <laughs> All right, well, that will wrap us up on movie news for this week. Do you guys hear a buzzer sounding? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hi, Chop Shoppers. Licensed to ill. Hmm. Hey, what's the year? It's 1986. That's all I got. You've made excellent progress this week. See you at the next session. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. We do appreciate it. And... What's a year, especially in here? All right, that brings us to the theme of the episode. All right, Chelsea, we've got a little activity, okay? Uh, this is just for fun. Don't feel pressure. 
I'm going to say some terms okay. and I want you to just immediately tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. And then afterwards, we'll talk about what those terms actually refer to. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right. So first term is D up. I think of an erection. Okay. Next. <laughs> to be fair, I thought of the same thing, Travis. <laughs> Fucked around and got a triple double. Sounds like a gangbang. Jump man. The, he's the guy that jumps out of the plane. He's parachute guy. Finally, drop a dime. Drug dealer. All right. So that, those are all very excellent responses. Not safe for work. <laughs> and uh, the first term, D up, means play better defense. Oh. Okay. Fucked around and got a triple double means you weren't even trying and you scored in double figures in three different statistical categories. Jump man. I thought of Ice Cube from yeah, the, I mean, the line a, from Good Day. And I kind of want to pat myself on the back yeah. for not busting out in rhymes here when yeah. you said that. <laughs> Today was a good day. Jump man is a term for Michael Jordan, but specifically the logo that you see with the one hand oh. up and the ball. That's the jump man. Which to me, it wants me to say, hold up, I ain't trying to stunt, man. But the Yeezys jumped over the jump, man. And then finally, drop a dime. To drop a dime means to uh, provide an assist to another player who scores. So you pass them the ball and they score. Okay. So basketball in general, has anybody ever played organized basketball? I haven't played much organized basketball, but I've played a ton of backyard games. and blacktop basketball. Yeah, Steve we ball. had a hoop. We, I lived in a cul-de-sac mm -hmm. from like fourth to eighth grade, and so we had a hoop in the at the cul-de-sac, and I used to just shoot all the time. Yeah, I did play like one or two seasons of JV basketball uh, in New Mexico, Rama, New Mexico, the Rama Mustangs, and my position at the time because I was a pretty pretty small kid was on the bench unless there was everything else failed right uh, but I also how I learned how to play basketball was out there and it was what they call res ball reservation basketball because the Navajo Nation there there's a strong appreciation for the game of basketball and it's kind of like street ball it's a lot rougher uh, fouls are not called that kind of thing okay let me tell you my basketball story yes so I was in the sixth grade and I used to do all those parks and recs camps uh -huh. every summer. And I was old enough to do the basketball camp. You pay for it. Mm -hmm. you, you pay for it. This is important. Yes. Day one, they come pick me up. Well, my grandma comes in to pick me up and like the, the organizers of it are like, Sorry. This I don't think she should out. come back tomorrow. <laughs> this ain't for her, honey. Out. Here's your money. What did you do? No, they did not give us our money back. Damn. Uh, that's a... Were you just insolent or were you just really bad at I basketball? I was like really embarrassingly bad at it. All right. So that's what we're going to be talking about <laughs> today, is guys, is uh, basketball movies. And it's amazing we haven't done this yet because I went back and looked at our yeah. back catalog and of the nearly 300 episodes we've done, we did one baseball. on baseball, football, soccer, and hockey, but we've never hit basketball. So it's gonna get its uh, day in the sun. Midnight double feature time. This is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that are related to our subject at hand. 
and how they're related to each other and why they would make a good double feature. And Joey, as our guest, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I dug uh, kind of deep on my double features mm-hmm. this week. I have not actually seen either of these movies, but I am intrigued by them. Um, and so when I was doing the research, I thought this would make a great double feature. Uh, a little bit of background, as y'all probably know, in 1972, the USA basketball team came into the Olympics um, undefeated. They were like 63-0 and 0 in Olympic competition and never been beaten. And this is well before professionals were allowed. Yeah. Uh, Doug Collins was on this team. It's actually instrumental in this story, for instance. Um, but uh, long story short, uh, Russia was ahead most of the game. Uh, Doug Collins, who everyone knows as the annou- NBA announcer now, uh, sinks the first of two free throws to tie it. Uh, as he's in the in the act of sinking the second free throw a horn goes off he sinks it he makes it there's this whole whole snafu about whether it counts or not this all clock fuckery happens and and it's infamous uh russia goes on to win it it was just vladimir putin in the crowd with an air horn (laughs) yeah he would have been like what 14 maybe still (laughs) uh but uh and so you know it's this huge controversy there are actually two movies about it i think there's a 30 for 30 on it you've probably seen specials here and there about it i didn't realize these two existed until today uh the first one is a documentary a u.s documentary uh from 2002 uh it's called three seconds from gold okay actually colon oh three from gold if you're trying to look it up right like a Um, a shot clock or or a time clock yeah and i haven't seen it but i'm assuming that that will tell the story as I mostly know it, having seen it from, you know, quote unquote, our side for so long. But there's a, a Russian movie from 2007, excuse me, from 2017. Uh, it goes alternately by the titles Going Vertical and Three Seconds. Uh-huh. And it's a fictionalized account Very of the whole ordeal. And that's a that's a great idea for a pairing because of the juxtaposition of the two different perspectives. All right. Over to you, Chelsea. I have two 30 for 30 documentaries. Oh, okay. Uh, first one is from 2009 uh, called Without Baez. About, Joan Baez? No, uh, about Lynn Baez. Lynn, Lynn Baez? Yeah. The number two draft pick in the NBA, but okay. before he could even play, he died of a overdose. Oh, I barely remember this. And they kind of compare him like he, he probably would have been better than Jordan, but, you know, okay. he died, so... Uh, and I'm pairing that with 2015's 30 for 30, I Hate Christian Leitner. Why? Because this, the first one, Baez, uh-huh. was someone who had like super bright future. If you look at old interviews, like he's super articulate, really just had well, everything. highly acclaimed. Yeah, had everything going for him. Leitner, a dick. Oh, that's why you it, hate him? That's the name of the doc. Uh-huh. Makes it and just pisses it away squanders it i mean his ego just gets the best of him and it's it's interesting to hear him talk in this one because he's like i was a shit and i fucked it up all right go for it my turn okay so in 1989 there were a series of commercials promoting michael jordan's air jordan shoes directed and starring spike lee playing the character morris blackman Mm -hmm. and he said it's got to be the shoes. It's all about the shoes. Got to be the shoes. So that's my double I can't feature. Can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> my double feature centers around that concept. It's 1961's The Absent-Minded Professor from Disney, and that stars Fred McMurray and uh-huh. Nancy Olson, where a absent-minded professor creates flubber, flubber, and uh, 
you know, he helps the uh, the basketball team by coating the bottom of their shoes, unbeknownst to them, with this substance called flubber, which is a portmanteau of phlegm and rubber. Yeah, exactly. It's actually flying rubber, right? Something like that. And uh, so, yeah, the, the the team dominates because they, yeah. you know, they can get great air. They are jumping out of the gym. So I saw this when I was like in sixth grade. Yes. And I saw it again just this past week, and the film holds up. It's, it's a fun movie. It's still funny. So I'm pairing that with a great film uh 1995's <laughs> slam dunk Ernest. what do you mean Vern? <clears throat> starring the great late jim, jim varney. varney rest in peace uh it's a great movie i highly recommend this piece of shit and Ernest was what he was ripped for this he movie. was freaking ripped no no this movie is a piece of crap yeah it was direct to video <clears throat> Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I'm sorry. Kareem Abdul Jobar. Jobar is the archangel of basketball. He's the archangel of basketball. He gives Ernest a pair of shoes. Uh-huh. How did they get Kareem to be in know. an Ernest movie? My review how did was, that happen? How was this not huge, huge. in the theater? Because it never made it to the theater. <laughs> it was direct to video. Uh, so he's Ernest is working on an after hours cleanup crew at a mall uh-huh. with uh, four, five other. Uh, uh, Black basketball guy, players black guys who play basketball in the city league and he wants to be on the team and because of an injury they'd let him on the team mm-hmm. but he has these shoes and he can't use them for bad he has to use he has mm-hmm. to use them for good and uh it's terrible it's a piece of shit but anyway it had to be the shoes so there's my connection wonderful so my double feature is a little bit more serious than that i've got 1994's above the rim uh, starring the late Tupac Shakur. Uh, basically, we've got this high school high school basketball star uh, played by Dwayne Martin, and he's torn by his loyalties to a local drug dealer, friend of a friend, local drug dealer played by Tupac, and also uh, an older former basketball star. Now, the setup of this movie and the, the story arc in general is very Shakespearean. So we've got this older, well, he's not older, he's older now, but in the flashback, he's not. He's younger. It's the late 70s. He's a basketball star about to go on to college, but he and his friend are playing a pickup game on a rooftop basketball court, and they're having a contest to see who can slap the backboard highest, and his friend Nutso, is the guy, the friend's name, hits the backboard so hard, it breaks, and he flies off the building and dies. And so he never plays basketball again. Then he starts dating the mom of our young basketball star, but he's also a security guard at the high school where he plays. And he's the older brother of Tupac's gangster character, gangster slash drug dealer character. So it's all of these conflicting issues intertwining. Uh, So I'm going to pair that with uh, Love and Basketball from the year 2000. And I had, oh, I should mention real quick, Bernie Mac plays a homeless man in Above the Rim, and he's pretty good. And somebody... Um, made an appearance Montrose Eric Nice from season one of the real world was he the one white guy the on one the white team guy. yeah okay uh, okay so Love and Basketball from 2000 this is directed by Gina Prince Blythewood and she also directed The Old Guard with Charlize Theron and a movie called Beyond the Lights from a couple years ago that was I think pretty highly acclaimed this movie only has a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes which might be why I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did uh, it stars um Sanaya Sanaya Lathan S A N A A Lathan as Monica and Omar Epps as Quincy and they're two um, starts out their kids they're eleven years old and they're playing basketball and he gets mad because he's losing pushes her down and scars her face 
and then they become best friends. Later, they become boyfriend and girlfriend. They still, the only thing that matters to them is basketball. Their relationship comes first, at least that's what she thinks. And then something happens with his dad, who's played by President Palmer from 24. He finds out he's cheating on his mom. And then they they break up in college and they don't see each other for five years. And then he tears his ACL in the NBA because he forgoes his next three years of college and goes for the draft. He's playing for the Lakers, tears his ACL. She plays overseas and comes back. Now he's engaged to Tyra Banks. And she's like, oh, hell no, you're about to make the biggest mistake of your life. But who am I to interfere or intervene? Uh, because we haven't even spoken together for five years. But then her mom uh, is like, when I told you that some things are worth fighting for, I was talking about him. When I told you that he could do better, I was talking about you. And so she goes and she fights for him. And he's like, I don't think so. You can't just walk into my life. And then they play a game of pickup basketball for it first to first to five points and he takes off his leg brace and really, really brings it and wins. And she's like devastated and starts walking away. This is the ending of the movie. And he says, hey, double or nothing. And she turns around and starts crying and then they embrace and kiss and it's a happy ending. And Travis got, was really feeling this movie. I got a little. Wow, that was the most in-depth you've ever gone on a, on a recap, and it was not even scripted. No, I, I love that movie. Yeah, it's great, and the soundtrack is very, very yes. good as well. Um, so I'm going to say recommends on both of mine. What about you guys? A hundred percent. I recommend the absent-minded professor, but not unless you are specifically trying to uh, redo Sean's double feature. Oh fuck! Just stay away from Slam Dunk, Ernest. It's terrible. And then Joey, you're going to let us know. I'll let you know, yeah. All right, that's that means it's time for our feature segment, which is The Recast. And this is where we take a movie that we've all seen in advance, and we hypothetically recast a few of the key players on the team with contemporary superstars. And the first movie is going to be The Air Up There from 1994. It was directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Paul Michael Glazer who also directed Kazam, the one with Shaq, yes, The Running Man, and Starsky and Hutch, both the TV show and the movie. (laughs) This movie has a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, An assistant coach and one-time college star whose headstrong personal style has threatened his rise to head coach spots a teenage basketball sensation on a videotape sent back from one of the college's religious missions in Africa. Hoping to advance his own career in the process, he quickly sets out to recruit the six foot 10 player for his lackluster team. The young basketball prospect was an actual uh, Kenyan actor named Charles Jatonga Mina. The coach, the assistant coach, Jimmy Dolan was played by Kevin Bacon. Uh, Then we've got Sister Susan played by Yolanda Vasquez and she was a 34 year old Spanish actress. She also, I found out, had a cameo in Children of Men. So yes. that was kind of cool. I'm going to set up the, the first act of the movie, and then you can talk about the redemption arc. Sure. Okay, so Jimmy Dolan sees this videotape. He's half drunk at this uh, fundraiser, and he's like, seeing double. He's like, am I hallucinating? And so he immediately gets on a plane, and then a bus, and then like a camel, and uh, makes his way to this village and finds the basketball player who he's looking for and he's he pretends to be like have no fundamentals whatsoever does a little a little show but he can dunk from like 
the other side of the of the village. My problem with the, with the setup is that Jimmy Dolan's character is kind of an indictment of American arrogance and ignorance, at least in the first act of the film. So then, where do we go from there? So your problem with the movie is very much intentional. You, he's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I guess it worked. It did. Yeah, because at the core of the conflict, you've got the Wanabi tribe mm -hmm. and the neighboring profiteer who owns a uh, mining company. Yeah, the, the big fat guy. I think this one is Minori. Fat shit slick. Yeah. So uh, there is a conflict there. The 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 chief of the tribe, one of his eldest son, has gone to work for the mining uh -huh. company. And so he's been banished. He's been banished and disowned. And the mining company wants to buy their land by force yep. or theft if yep. necessary. Right. And so through conflict, a high stakes basketball game is staged, mm -hmm. uh, vying for the Wanabi's land and their ability to stay there where they want and the mining company to you know, leave fuck, them alone fuck off and leave them alone and, and kevin bacon goes on a vision quest he goes on a vision quest uh and becomes part of the tribe and therefore able to play in the game as their point guard mm -hmm. and uh it's a redemption arc that uh that works for me i found it to be really charming i like the movie yeah so did i um the other part of that bet was uh I always say his name wrong. Saleh said, mm -hmm. if we win the game, I'll come back with you and play basketball. Okay. And in the middle of it, Kevin Bacon goes, no, that's off. You do what you want. If right. you want to come back with me, great. If right. you don't, great. You so do does, what's right for you. So he does find you. some redemption. Yes. Good. And Joey, your thoughts on the movie? I know you had said earlier that it didn't hold up well. And then, and then Sean and Chelsea... Uh, had kind of praised it. I was kind of in the middle. I thought that I'd seen this movie in the 90s, and when I watched it again recently, I was cringing because things like this don't tend to age well. Right. And there is, you know, it's like white savior bullshit. Mm -hmm. And like it is this very Disneyized version of like this African culture, but it's not done in an offensive way. Right. And it's, you yeah. Know, it's, no. I went into this expecting to be same, there, there to be an offensive, insulting. And like they did manage to tiptoe it. Yeah, I, I think that well. they danced it very well. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the recast. First, we've got Saleh, played by Charles Jatonga Maina, who was an 18-year-old Kenyan, and he was he is actually 6'10". So, Joey, who's your pick for that role? Um, I have chosen uh, a basketball player um, who's from Kansas mm -hmm. uh, and played at the University of Kansas. Uh, and now is a member of the Utah Jazz. He is Nigerian. Uh, mm -hmm. He's 6'11", I believe. Uh, and he's Udoka Azabuike. Yeah. Right on. Cool deal. Chelsea? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I can't take credit for this. Sean totally found this for me. Okay. So I was like, please help me. He's from Sudan. He played college ball in Oregon. Mm -hmm. Now he plays in Denver. He's seven two and has a wingspan of seven eight. Jesus, I know. He's the son oh, of. I can't read your writing. He's there. the son of Manu Bowl. It's Bowl Bowl. Bowl Bowl. Yeah. His name is Bowl Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, he's Manute. he's pretty much a badass. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well done. Thank you, Sean. No, oh, you're welcome. Speaking of Sean, over to you. All right, my recast. He's 17 years old. He, depending on who you listen to, he's either six foot ten or he's seven foot. He is a senior in high school in Atlanta, Georgia. He's committed to Georgetown. He is from the Republic of Congo. He is the son of Dikembe Mutombo. His name is Ryan Mutombo. <laughs> that is great. 
All right. Well, we all went with basketball players because I picked an actor from Kenya. He's 6'11". He played hoops at Wichita State. His name is Tom Bush Wamukota. Bush in quotation marks because that's his nickname. Nicely done. All right. Next, we've got we got to make in the bacon. We got to do the, the, the Kevin Bacon shake and bake. And Kevin Bacon was 36 at the time, standing at 5'10". And Joey, who was your pick for Well, this? I wanted to do something a little bit different with this movie. Um, I think it should still be a family movie, but I okay. want to go and push it in a little bit more farcical direction. It's kind of a lighthearted, comic, feel-good movie. Let's push it in a little bit more farcical direction. We're going to get a lot of mileage out of showing my really tall basketball player next to Kevin Hart, yes. who is playing uh, <laughs> Jimmy Dolan. And his name's Kevin. It's going to be perfect. Uh, all right, Chelsea? My actor was in Game Night, The Big Short, Bridge mm-hmm. of Spies, and I'm obsessed with this show called Made for Love. I went with Billy Magnuson. Billy Magnuson? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Billy Magnuson? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I picked Billy Magnuson, uh, who's 35 now. He was in Into the Woods, <laughs> Game Night, <laughs> and No Time to Die. <laughs> You, you need to watch Made for Love. It's wow. so good. I did hear the girls talking about it on that episode we referred to earlier. Well, you got Krista Malati, so... Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, it's worth the watch. All right, uh, Sean. All right, well, I went with a, a an actor who could b- more believably be a basketball player, but also he's got that ultra-white dude vibe mm-hmm. and uh, kind of plays into that first act John that you Stockton. were talking about. Uh, he is... Known for his roles in The Other Guys, In the Loop, Ghostbusters, the all-female cast version, okay, uh, Silicon Valley, as well as The Office, out with Zach Woods. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's funny, man. Oh, I could totally see him being so awkward, too. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the... Uh... The scene where he has the dengue trots. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, have to, I have to go. <laughs> All right. Uh, We've revealed mine. Let's move it on to our final role for this film. And that's going to be Sister Susan, played by Yolanda Vasquez, 34 at the time, Spanish actress. And I might have already mentioned, maybe it was off mic, that she has a cameo in one of my favorite movies, Children of Men. And Joey, who was your pick for Sister Susan? Oh, I picked someone who has experience playing a nun in Mm -hmm. The Nun. Our audiences Ah! will know her as this hideous (laughs) creature from The Nun. Uh, in real life, uh, she looks considerably better. Her name is Bonnie Ahrens. Okay. She does. She's got a little bit of a Counselor Troy thing going on. Maybe that's why I was drawn to her. All right. Over to you, Chelsea. My actress is in The Wolf of Wall Street, Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> also in this really good show called Made for Love. I went with Kristen Malati. Ah, didn't you pick her last week? I did not. Okay. Hmm. Sean I talked about her this a few weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe you just told me about that show in a text, and that's why. But yeah. I like I like her a lot. All right, my actress is thirty five. Going to be thirty six very soon. She's from Israel, and much like uh, Yolanda Vasquez, her grip on English is tenuous at best. Mm-hmm. She's been in Death of the Nile, uh, Death on the Nile, or she's going to be. Yeah, going to be. Uh, Red Notice, Justice League, and Wonder Woman. I'm talking about Gal Gadot. Ah, Gal Gadot. Yeah, she'll she'll sell some tickets. Yeah. For sure. She'll fill up that stadium. That arena? Stadium? Arena? Can you arena. have a basketball stadium? Coliseum? Coliseum. All right. So my pick is 
Spanish and 34. Uh, she's in I Want You, Madrid, and Exodus, God and Kings. Her name is Maria Valdarde. And she's got nice. a little face value thing going on. I think we've we've explained our feelings about the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not gonna go recommend. I went in with super low expectations and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I would recommend this. Again, I'll split the difference between you guys. Much like Sean, I was expecting to cringe the entire time. It didn't deliver that degree of cringe, but I'm not going to declare it a lost classic or anything. All right. That's the pleasant, half A pleasant court. movie. <laughs> half you. court. I like that. It's a jump ball. All right. So it's time for halftime, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some Gatorade. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, All morning, morning long. <laughs> and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, Hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger, Trontastic Ron. I'm gonna rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ, Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Chop Retrofit. All right, welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during halftime. We just had to check the stats 
And when we come back, Sean, what do we like to do? Beer check-ins. And what is our first beer? All right, this one is from Equilibrium Equilibrium Brewing. It's a uh, double India pale ale. Called? It's called D-Hop 22. And D, we learned earlier, Chelsea, means what? Defense. And hops are? Jump man. How high you can jump. And 22, of course, everybody knows is the number of the great Clyde, the Clyde Drexler of the Portland Trailblazers. Well, if you're drunk enough, D-Hop 22 looks like the hoops 22. The hoops. <laughs> Chelsea likes it. I do. I'm getting it's, a it's lot of fruit. fruit. A lot of it's very fruity. Like sweet fruit. Next segment is going to be the 2021 movie marathon. And this is where we, throughout the calendar year, we try to watch as many movies as we can. The end game, the buzzer beater, uh, usually for me is 365 unless it's a leap year. Um, but as of this recording, we are on the 106th day of the year and I've seen 110 movies. All right, go ahead. Sean, what, what number are you on? 183. And? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, bitch, you are not. <laughs> I'm on 133. 133. You're only off by 50. It's okay. Well, I was thinking about catching up to Chelsea, uh-huh. which I'm going to. And what what number are you on, Chelsea? 189. Okay. 189. That is impressive. I've been doing this Criterion Challenge nice. thing on Letterboxd. I've been watching your check-ins. They're good. So it's... Yeah, what, was, been, what was something uh, recent from that that uh, stood out to you? Uh, a lot of stuff that I've you know, been wanting to watch forever and never got around to. Uh, Tarkovsky's Stalker, which I didn't actually watch as part of uh, the challenge, but it is fucking great. Uh, I watched some Fellini. The only Fellini movie I'd ever seen was... Uh, Eight and a half. Eight and a half and Juliet of the Spirits, which I wasn't too uh, too enamored with. But La Strada, yeah. man, is one of the most poignant pieces of film I've, I've ever seen. Chelsea, what's your first check-in for this week? Uh, this is a movie from 1960. It's called Psycho. Whoa. <laughs> so, Chop Choppers, please go onto our YouTube channel. It's uh, Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. And there's a reaction video of Chelsea seeing the big reveal in Psycho for the first yeah. time. I wish we had done my wife watched Psycho with me earlier this year or late last year. And she had never seen it before either. And I wish I had had the presence of mind to do what they did and film it because the, the big reveal, well, which we, are we going to reveal? Is it too late for spoilers on that from the 60s? The well, reveal when he came on. I was like, I thought it was him that did it, but I can he- clearly hear the mom. Like yeah. what's going, what is this? So got you. You had so a, you had I a peripheral hear- knowledge that Norman Bates is the bad guy, but the setup got you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well he doesn't seem like that creepy. Right are awful they're texting each other back and forth as we're watching this and then the next thing i know the ending happens and my mind is blown 1960 and cross-dressing it's crazy Mm -hmm. and then sean goes look what i did (laughs) so the video is awesome it's a a (laughs) side by a split screen of that scene of the movie and chelsea watching that scene of the movie and the sound is synced up and everything it's great um (laughs) Yeah, made my day when I saw that. So, thoughts on the movie itself? Oh, it was great. Yeah, I loved it. Fucking iconic masterpiece. Yeah. All right, Sean, your first check-in. From 1969, I watched Zeta One, a swinging, sexy romp through Britain in the late 60s as a gang of busty female aliens begin snatching women right off the streets. <laughs> this is the future I want to live in. <laughs> it is. It is. And you have all of these... Uh, 
typical fuddy-duddy British agents who are like trying to like get these alien women and they're getting flabbergasted uh-huh. and kerfuffled about their bustiness. <laughs> it's really silly. It's 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 like Austin Powers drew heavily it, from this. It's power from yes. this. <laughs> that said, it's the costumes are beautiful. The the alien women wear these orange mini dresses uh-huh. with these white patent leather boots that come up above their knees. So it's fun. They look so cute. But yeah, it's fun. It's stupid, dumb fun. Speaking of iconic masterpieces, my number 104 is from 2021 and it's called Thunder Force. And I can't wait to watch this. This is the new Melissa McCarthy movie directed by her husband. And this is all I'm going to say. It's the most super and kick-ass comedic superhero movie since super and kick-ass. <laughs> All right. What's your next one, Chelsea? This is from 2019. It's called High Flying Bird. Uh, It's a basketball movie. Okay. It's about the NBA lockout. Right. But what's unique about this movie, it was totally shot on an iPhone. Oh, cool. It's on Netflix. It's really, the the script, the writing was really smart, witty. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, it's about an agent with a rookie player. They're kind of nervous during all of this. The agent kind of sees a bigger opportunity not just for his rookie client but for his assistant and just how the whole thing the whole system works as a whole and it's really really good he tries to flip the script on the game i don't want to give spoilers i want him to watch it zazie beats is in it as the assistant Mm -hmm. and this was recommended to us by andrew yes andrew our former editor and our Brother in arms. Uh Uh-huh. The Canadian in your brain again. Andrew Tay. So thank you for that uh, recommendation. It was really worth it. Yeah, it was so good. I'm going to check in another basketball movie. It's called Just Right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And it's formulaic, but who doesn't love Common and Queen Latifah? Oh. Uh, Plus, it co-stars practically the entire staff and lineup. Of the then New Jersey Nets. Oh wow! <laughs> Com- so, Com- so Commons, a, 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 the star of the New Jersey Nets. He's been with the Nets since his rookie season. He's coming up for free agency, but he still wants to stay with them because he is dedicated to this franchise. Queen Latifah is a diehard fan. Um, somehow, at, from a chance meeting at a gas station, she gets an invite to his birthday party at his house, and he really likes her. He takes a shine to her. Until her sister shows up and her sister is drop dead gorgeous. And okay. He completely falls head over heels for his sister, but she's a gold digger and uh, leaves him at the first opportunity when he gets a seemingly career ending injury. Okay. But Queen Latifah is a physical therapist. She sees him back to health and la di da. Right. True love wins in the end. Blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. All right, my next one is a movie. Speaking of digging things, I really dig this one. And it's been on my list for a while. I finally got around to seeing it. It's from 2020. It's called Survival Skills, uh, directed by Quinn Armstrong. This is his feature film debut, and it's great. It's a meta dark comedy wrapped in an 80s police training VHS tape hosted by Stacey Keach. Uh, You must watch it until the end. Uh, It's both a dark comedy but also kind of a commentary on how there's no room for an altruistic boy scout cop in a broken system and chelsea you got another one for us i do this is from 2021 it's called nobody 
Oh yes, yes, I want to see this. Don't don't spoil anything. I'm not going to. It stars um, Bob Odenkirk, mm-hmm. and like that morning, I had listened to the podcast Smartless with Will Arnett, yeah, Sean Hayes, Jason Bateman. He was their guest. Oh, cool. And um, he talks about a break in that happened at his home when his family was home. Oh God, and talk about feeling how- violated how it was like super traumatic for them and blah 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 and they transition into talking about this film and like will arnett's jizzing like it's hitting me in the face (laughs) in the car as i'm driving to work like he's so amped on this movie and i didn't understand all of that until i watched this and oh my god i loved it so your review reminds me of my joke from the other night can i can i say it sean say what you want why do blind people make the best lovers They'll never see it coming. That was good. <laughs> it's really freaking cool. All right. I'm going to check it out for sure. Um, all right. My check in. Uh, I'm going to embark on, and I think you guys are too. I, I've made a spreadsheet yeah. in true nerd fashion of all the films discussed. Oh, you made that spreadsheet? I made that spreadsheet. I made him that's, make that That's why there's a couple of titles that are on there twice. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, this is uh, the, the films from the documentary In, in Search of Darkness. And In Search, Search of, of Darkness, Darkness 2, so, Electric Boogaloo. So I watched The Fog, which is the first movie on the list. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed it. That's a John Carpenter film about this fog mm-hmm. that invades a North California seaside town. I've seen this. And mm-hmm. with the fog comes creepy ghosts. Mm-hmm. But it's got Adrian Barbo, Jamie Lee Curtis, yep. and Janet Leigh. Yeah. I mean that's the, freaking the horror royalty. Gener- yeah, generation, a, two generations of scream queens. Divine Trinity. Of, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Hal Holbrook's in it, yes. and he dies, which made me extremely happy <laughs> because I fucking hate that bastard. I'm glad he's dead. Right on. So I, speaking of that spreadsheet, and I know we don't have well, it in front of us right now, but I think there was a couple things on there that you did not put an X by that I'm almost yeah I, i'm seen. going through and i'm like going oh that movie yeah but i i wanted to segue into one other thing in search of tomorrow is currently undergoing mm-hmm. the final stages of, I saw its, your of its indiegogo funding which is going to be the sci-fi version of the same uh documentary series so uh we invested uh as part of cinema chop shop so oh, oh did we <laughs> well i did and i gave it cinema chop shop's name good all right and uh, so look for us in the credits because badass because I, I think that what what uh they do is amazing and i want to fund this kind of stuff hell yeah all right looks like we've got another beer over there to try oh yeah this is on theme in a way tell me why this is from founders brewing uh, it's called panther cub panther piss but it is a uh, a porter with vanilla extract and maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels. So I'm thinking bourbon barrels, oh. they're made of wood. Maple's a hardwood. <laughs> hardwood is what hardwood. you play yes. basketball on. Also, Terry Porter, part of the same team oh, yeah. in the 1990s nice. as Clyde Drexler on the Portland Trailblazers. Notice I'm wearing my gear. I'm surprised you're not in full uniform, I'm... ready to like come off the bench. And this is a good beer, by the way. Oh, that's smooth, man. That's really good. Also, I think there is actually, a, I know for a fact, there is a beer called the Terry Porter. Oh, yeah. I forgot the other part of my joke. What? Much like the NBA, it's got just a touch of vanilla. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Peppered into the league. I've got one more check-in, I believe. And it's actually a basketball movie. It's a basketball documentary called uh, Fathers of the Sport. And I just watched this today. 
It's the history of basketball and its early legends like Dr. J, Kareem, Tiny Archibald, Wilt Chamberlain, Earl Monroe, Bill Russell, and more. Uh, it's on YouTube in full. So just search for Fathers of the Sport. It's great. So that brings us into the recast continued. The second half. Rematch. And the movie we're going to be talking about is one that I had never seen. It hit me pretty hard. It's mm -hmm. The Basketball Diaries from 1995, directed by Scott Calvert, who also directed Deuces Wild, a Guns N' Roses video, and then Died by Suicide. This movie has a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Did I say the name? The Basketball Diaries. And so it's about Jim Carroll. So give us a little mini bio of Jim Carroll, because you did a deep dive, Sean. Oh, this blew my mind because I watched the entire film without realizing they were talking about Jim Carroll. Jim Carroll is, was a writer, poet, musician, basketball prodigy, mm -hmm. slash heroin addict. Correct. And he makes um, a cameo in the film. He does. What the film does not touch on is the fact that the guy was a published poet internationally in high school. He was published in Paris yes. Magazine, a French poetry magazine, and was a poet of some acclaim. Right. At 17. At 17 years old. At the same time, he was a basketball prodigy mm -hmm. and going down the deep dive of becoming an addict and throwing everything away. It now, feels it, a little intentional. In like, terms of the... Do you mean he was trying to create a... No, I think he was trying to tell his story without letting it know the audience. Mm. It was about him until oh, the end. Oh, okay. I got you. Because he wanted it to stand on its own two feet. I thought you were saying that the depths of his heroin addiction were intentional. <laughs> no, 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 so no, 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 no. Good artist backstory. <laughs> Jesus, no. Sorry. So in uh, terms of the music that he would later produced with the Jim Carroll band, what would what style would that be? I consider it to be post-punk. Okay. Uh, there, there is a punk element to it, but it's at the risk of sounding like a singer-songwriter, they're story songs. Okay. The, his famous song is People Who Have Died, and it's a great end-to-end -end track about all the people that he's known who have died in the stupid ways that they've thrown their lives away. And that kind of mirrors his, his upbringing and, mm -hmm. and, and what this movie really is about beyond basketball. All right, so Jim Carroll, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is consumed by his life as a high school basketball star. Pressured by a wicked coach, played by Bruno Kirby, and a concerned mother, played by Lorraine Bracco, Jim develops an appetite for heroin. Soon, the mean streets of New York City have replaced the basketball court as his main destination. Jim and his friends scrounge, steal, and prostitute themselves to score drugs. Jim's only chance to escape addiction may be Reggie, played by Ernie Hudson, a neighborhood friend and Hoops companion. The roles, once again, we've got Jim Carroll, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who was 21 at the time, playing 17, but uh, for the longest, Leo had a baby face. And then we've got Mickey, his close friend and companion and partner in crime a lot of times, played by Mark Wahlberg, who was 24, playing 17. And then we've got uh, Mrs. Carroll, Jim's mom, played by Lorraine Bracco. Obviously, people would know her from Sopranos. She was the psychiatrist to Tony, right? And, and then finally, we've got Reggie, played by Ernie Hudson, who was 50 at the time, post-Ghost Busters. So, Joey, do you want to go first with your sure. Jim Carroll? So, a little bit of preamble. Um, I'm doing something here that I have never done before Whoa. on my guest spots. 
of the Cinema Chop Shop, and that's I'm recasting the movie without watching it again. Okay. Okay. I have seen the movie. I saw, and I, this movie meant a lot to me when it came out. It was the first movie I ever saw at the Nickelodeon Theater in Columbia, which Hell is like yes. the art house theater. Shout in Columbia. out to the Nickelodeon. You know, I was this kid from the sticks. Every time I'm there, I put, I put Cinema Chop Shop cards in the bathroom and like on the concession stand, <laughs> and the people in the audience. There should be a tie-in. A Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon time, time cinema chop yeah. shop. So far, they think I'm just littering. Uh, but <laughs> my uh, Jim Carroll, as played by Leonardo DiCaprio in the reprisal, will be played by an actor who I know from a series that I am watching with my wife right mm-hmm. now. It's called The Irregulars. This kid's name is he's in his early 20s, but there's a long history of uh, you know people in their early 20s playing teenagers. His name's Harrison Osterfeld. Oh. Okay. Very cool. Over to you, Chelsea. My actor hasn't done a ton of movies, something called The Unborn in 2009, but mostly has done TV mm-hmm. um, and most notably Shameless. I went with Ethan Kakowski, who plays Carl. Carl! On Shameless. I like it. Okay, Sean, you. Total face value pick for me this round. Um, he can be seen in Captain Fantastic. The Very Terrible It and The Very Terrible It Chapter 2, Danger Close, and most recently the movie Endless. He looks to me like the perfect blending of Jim Carroll and and Mr. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. His name's Nicholas Hamilton. Yep, yep, I can see it. Uh, And also, I think that you pronounced the title of that movie correctly, Danger Close. (laughs) Danger (laughs) Close? Question mark? All right. My Jim Carroll is 20 now. He was in uh, the not recommended Craft Legacy. He's in Holly Hobby and Every Day. His name is Charles Vandervart. Next up, we've got the role of Mickey. He's a bad influence. Uh, he's played by Mark Wahlberg, who was 24. Of course, he's a bad influence, but he's trying to play 17. Uh, one of the things that I enjoyed about this movie, having never seen it before, was seeing these actors in their early performances. Mark Wahlberg was still pretty much doing the same thing he's doing now. Your pick, Joey. Well, I went with another uh, young man playing younger. Uh, this guy's name is KJ Appa. Yeah. He's New Zealandish. New Zealand. He's a New Zealander. Correct. Uh, he is probably best known for Riverdale. Yep. He's in Archie. which he played uh, the he's, redheaded one. He's Archie. 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 Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Archie Bunker. <laughs> you know, as long as it's all in the family, it's all good. Uh, so, Chelsea, your pick. My actor was in Dora the Explorer, The Dora Lost City. the Explorer. He was in Cherry. Uh-huh. And he also happens to be the nephew of Mark Wahlberg. What? His name is Jeff Wahlberg. Never heard of him. Me neither. That's crazy town. I know. He actually just works <laughs> behind the counter at Wahlburgers. He, he has a pretty high listing <laughs> on the credits for Cherry. All right, over to you, Sean. All right, so yeah, Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, Mr. Funky Bunch, Mr. Piece of Shit, Mr. Wahlburgers. Hey, how you doing? You doing good? Mr. My Sister Loves the Fucking Wahlbergs, and I don't understand. They look like assholes to me, and I'm pretty sure this wasn't much of a stretch for him theatrically. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I went with somebody who also comes from a rough background, according to television, in his role on Shameless, 
Chelsea stole my thunder. But for this part, I picked Ethan Kukowski. All right. Interesting. He He's better as uh, Jim. I don't think he's so. better yep. as Jim. No. Yep. No. Uh, yes. No. Travis sided with me. <laughs> <laughs> my pick for Mickey is 18 now. He was in When Calls the Heart. He was in Supernatural. And he was Young Barry on The Flash. And he died of an overdose. His name is Logan Williams. So he's going to be portrayed by the ghost of Logan Williams. Wow. Is this a cinema shop shop first? No. What, I thought some... you weren't allowed to do that. I I mean, I asked I didn't, the rules. I didn't, I didn't I asked the rules. <laughs> I didn't recast the deceased actor. I recast his ghost. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. I did an Noted. All dead cast Noted. That's true. That's true. You did. All right. Next up, uh, we've got Mrs. Carroll, played by Lorraine Bracco, who is 41. And where are you going with this, Joey? Well, for this one, I dipped into a well I have dipped in many times before. That is American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this actress's name is Lily Rabe. Mm. She's about 46, I believe, in real life. As anybody who's followed American Horror Story knows, uh, she knows how to play someone who is down and out and yes. live their life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Chelsea, your pick? Uh, my actress was on The Sopranos with Lorraine Bracco. Mm-hmm. I went with Drea DeMatteo. Drea DeMatteo. Who did she play? She? Michael Imperioli's girlfriend. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Adriana. Yes. yes. Fucked everything up. I know. <laughs> I know. All right, Sean. Well, that's funny you should say that. I was really hoping, hoping, hoping that my actress had aged into the role. I aged mine up Lorraine slightly. Lorraine Bracco was 41. This actress is age 40. You'll know her from such roles as Kathy in Dark Ride. Allie and I do herself in Entourage and Meadow and Sopranos. I went with Jamie Lynn Sigler. Nice. I thought you were going to say Jamie Lynn Spears. No. Well, my actor is 39 now, and she played Meadow in The Sopranos. Her name is Jamie Lynn Sigler. You're feeling it. I know, because that was my first thought, but I looked at her and I was like, God. And I looked you at find recent, a better picture. I looked at recent pictures of <laughs> so you her. See it, YouTube and no, I'm I was just like, it. no, no, no. And so I aged mine up and picked Adriana. I like your pick though. Adriana was yeah the best. Great, yeah, yeah. That show. <laughs> uh, she was a wrench in the machine. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Things started falling apart after her. It was a broken play. All right, next. <laughs> yeah, I brought it back around to basketball, guys. <laughs> next, we've got Reggie. Uh, and he was Winston on the Ghostbusters, if anybody was wondering about that. He was the black one. And Ernie Hudson was 50 in this film. He is a guy in the neighborhood who recognizes that Jim has a lot of skill, but also sees the path that he's starting to go down, um, tries to give him good advice, saves his life a couple of times. Let, let's not Let's not give away anything more than that. Uh, Ernie Hudson was 50. Joey, who did you go with? Well, uh, bringing it back around to basketball, mm-hmm. uh, I am going to choose an act. It's not an actor yet that I know of, although he may have made some cameos and mm-hmm. things. Uh, and this is a fellow who uh, is ready to start the next phase of his life because he just recently, this past week, announced Son his retirement, bitch. and that is LaMarcus Aldridge. Son of a bitch. Did you do uh, this too? Yes, I know about this. I, I posted about it as soon as I was notified by the front office. 
And <laughs> so I have a lot of mixed feelings about this because LaMarcus Aldridge came into the league with, or at least one year removed from Brandon Roy and was on the blo- on the Blazers mm-hmm. when Brandon Roy retired and was still on the Blazers when Damian Lillard came into the picture and then left. Spent some left time with us, the Spurs maybe. Went to San Antonio and then like a month ago, signed a nice juicy contract with the New Jersey Nets. Uh, excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, showing my age. But the heart condition that he has is something that has troubled him since like his college days. Mm-hmm. And personally, despite any hard feelings, I'm glad that he's putting his health first. Go ahead, Chelsea. I love this role. Yes. As well. And so I picked an actor that I loved. He was in Clueless, Remember the Titans, mm-hmm. and Scrubs. Yes. I went with Donald Faison. Nice. I love he's him. He's kind of short. I don't care. I love him. Yeah, I mean, him. he's taller than Leonardo DiCaprio. But <laughs> he <laughs> yeah, he's still, great. He would he's still great. be that like rock that uh-huh. Leo needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. <clears throat> Okay, over to you, Sean. What you got? Uh, This actor is 49, now will be 50 later on this year. You'll know him from such movies as This Is The End, Pineapple Express, most recently Songbird, but everyone knows him from The Office, and Hot Tub Time Machine, The Big Man in the Middle, Yes, Craig Robinson. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I like that a lot. I want to see him in a dramatic role like that. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know if I have seen him in something dramatic. Very good. All right. My uh, pick for Reggie is 52 now. Uh, He's not very well known. Back in the 90s, he was in a couple of little things called Independence Day, Men in Black, (laughs) and The Pursuit of Happiness. (laughs) I went with Will Smith. Before that, he was a rapper for a while. (laughs) All right. So that is our recast of uh, The Basketball Diaries. Final thoughts on the movie? It's great. Watch it. I found it very heavy. The scene um, in like the depths of his despair where he goes back to his mom's house and uh, is begging her for money and she just can't bring herself to do it. I thought that that was a duet of amazing performances. Mm -hmm. That brings us to the bonus segment. And it's going to be a battle for the title of The Goat. Now, Chelsea, what does The Goat mean? I don't know. It's the greatest of all time. It's the greatest of all time. So me. Yes, you're the goat of Cinema Chop Shop. <laughs> so I'm going to have to have to lay this out for you. Right now, the main discussion about who the greatest basketball player of all time comes down to three people. That would be, of course, Jordan, Kareem, and LeBron James. Now, let me give you a little bit of background stats. Jordan has six rings, 13 all-star appearances, five MVPs, MVPs even, and he finished his career with 30.1 points per game as an average. Kareem Abdul-Jobar has eight rings, two of which are as an assistant coach. He was a 19-time all-star. That's a league record. Six MVPs and finished with 24.6 points per game. LeBron James so far has four rings, 17 All-Stars, four MVPs, and a career average of 27.1 points per game. So right now, preliminary round between those three, who would you go with, Joey? I think it's kind of folly to compare these three because they come from three different eras. Yep. 
Uh, Abdul Jabbar was one of the most dominant centers ever. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't have seen much. I'm not gonna say wouldn't have seen much play in time, but the game now you just it's don't have big different. men like that. I hate to say this because as I haven't followed the NBA in a few years, but as a diehard Detroit Pistons fan from the bad boy era mm-hmm. of the late '80s and early '90s, I think you got to give the title to Jordan. Okay. No disrespect to LeBron James, right? But I've got all the disrespect for LeBron James. Don't worry, I'll cover that. Chelsea. Okay, I'm also gonna pick Jordan for a couple reasons. Yes. A because he's the jump man. When I was in like fifth, sixth grade, he mm. was super popular. So yeah. like I got a basketball jersey of yeah. his, even though I never watched him play. And what was the number on it? Twenty three. I can go. see it now. Damn it, fucker. Also, I used to do some volunteer work in McCall, South Carolina, mm-hmm. where unfortunately his father was murdered. Ah, uh, yes. Right off of Interstate 95. Yep. All right. Over to you, Sean. I'm going to go with Jordan. Okay. Uh, so the far stats back it up, but also uh, LeBron James plays in an era of uh, super teams, corrupt officials. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's being engineered. Granted, he is very, very talented. He's extremely and, talented. And at his age, he's still very, very effective. He is uh, extremely talented. But I will say that I think that Jordan played in an era with extremely, extremely good com- competition. Mm-hmm. There were other superstars that were playing head but to head But teams weren't Jordan. also drawing in, bringing together superstars. They would right. get them through drafting and through... Right. I mean, I just I think Jordan played head to head with some of the most elite players of all time. Mm-hmm. Like Clyde Drexler. Okay, I would also go with Michael Jordan in this case because uh, uh, Clyde Drexler wasn't in the list, but I also just hate LeBron James and his arrogance, even though he, he probably deserves all of the arrogance that he has. Who changes teams and does a press conference called The Decision? He made that one mistake when he was 21 years old or... Come, oh, he's made more than one mistake. All right, so that being said, what if I added two more names to this list? Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. Now, Wilt Chamberlain has only two rings, 13 all-star appearances. He's got numbers, though. Yes, he does. And 30.1 points per game, four MVPs. Also... He's the only NBA player to ever have scored 100 points by himself in a single game. And he estimated that he had uh, loved how many? Like 10,000 women or something? I I thought it was 20,000. It's a very astronomical number, hence his nickname, Wilt the Stilt. Bill Russell has 11 rings. 11 rings. Two of which were in his final two seasons of playing basketball, where he was also the coach of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> He's got 12 All-Stars, 15.1 points per game, and five MVPs. I'm going with Bill Russell. I'm taking Bill Russell over Michael Jordan. There's no uh, skeletons in the closet. There's no controversy. There's no gambling. There's no murdered father. There, All he did was Wait, not Wait, we're holding autographs. his murdered father against him? Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. yeah, there's some, uh, Speculation. some conspiracy theories about that. I'm going to go with uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Going Wilt Chamberlain. Well, because basketball isn't everything. Uh-huh. And off the court. He did die of AIDS, though, right? Didn't Wilt Chamberlain die of I AIDs? I think you're making that up. I think that, I think Dana. And then, Chelsea, are you sticking with Jordan? 
Um, I mean, yeah, because I don't know who those other two people they're, are. They're and, some of the fathers of the sport. And like one of them plays for the Celtics and mm-hmm. I don't like them and mm-hmm. I fucking reject my nickname. Mm, because, Celtic pride. <laughs> yeah, my dad loved the Celtics, uh-huh. so I fucking hate them. The real question though, since this is the Cinema Chop Shop, is which one of those guys had the better acting career? Obviously Jordan. 100%. Well, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in Enter the Dragon and Conan. And Airplane. And Will mm. Chamberlain. And Slam Dunk Ernest. And sl- oh, we might have to give it to Jabbar in terms no. of acting chops. Michael Jordan was just in two movies, right? Uh, Space Jam and Like Mike. Yeah, and both of them aren't very fucking good. Nope. What about Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> Kazam. <laughs> All right. So I think we did not come to any sort of consensus there, but that's okay. So I want to thank you, Joey, our guest today. Thank you for coming thank back. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, revisiting this arena with us. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Buy my book. Buy your book. And that book is known as? I have always been here before. All right. And it can be found on what website? Uh, you can search for it. Uh, you can buy it from Amazon or uh-huh. you can search for it at the publisher Cowboy Jamboree Press. I will also let you look at a signed copy of the book for $1 a pop. Chelsea... Thank you for doing what you do. Anything you want to plug this week? There's not trivia next week, right? No, trivia is off for yep. two weeks. We'll okay. be coming back for Cinco de Mayo. Oh, will you plug cool. the umbrella story? No, nope. I'm going to plug D.A.R.E. to resist. D.A.R.E. Drug Abuse Since, Resistance Since Education. I'm, yeah. And they, they also added and violence Yep. Uh, sometime in 2002. So when um, I graduated D.A.R.E., mm-hmm. my mom remembered that she had accidentally left uh, some... The stove on? No, she left some marijuana in her <laughs> desk drawer and she like went to go get rid of it and put it in her pocket. Yes. So she had marijuana in her pocket to my dare graduation in sixth grade and there were fucking drug dogs there. Yeah. And she was like, oh like, my God. Like you do. <laughs> uh, I just heard a story the other day about some drug dogs in a high school somewhere who found THC infused Smucker's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the high school, like in a high school locker. So it looked just like those pre-made sandwiches that's brilliant yeah also i want to thank the engineer my co-host and co-producer uh co-head coaches Uh, anything you want to plug this week sir the brewery seminarbrewing.com uh-huh has a canning coming up of something called citrus dream hmm interesting yeah it's like a citrus ipa with lactose and something just for this uh episode they should have called it um hakeem the dream and, uh, sir, do you know what next week's episode is? World War Three movies. And that will also be the season eight finale. And I do want to remind the listeners that after the season eight finale, all of my personal 2021 movie marathon check-ins will move back to my personal Twitter feed, which is Travis G. Allen, at Travis G. Allen. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We're hosted online on Cinema Chop Shop. Sorry. We're hosted online on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter, Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com if you ever want to email me. Um, Untapped, the beers that we checked in today. I'll probably remember to check those in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D, and we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Also... YouTube. Hey, YouTube. We're on YouTube as Cinema Chop Shop Podcast. And there's some other little goodies on there as well that we may have mentioned tonight. Finally, farewell to you, the Chop Shoppers. Thank you for listening. 
wear a mask, social distance, get that vax, and watch shop retrofit. Buzzer beater. Ha <laughs> ha